I love my smartphone because it allows me to have information at my fingertips anytime I want it. A couple years ago, we were in the backyard at, my, at our house in Michigan. Our backyard kind of backed into some woods, and our neighbor's backyard was kind of short. Well, she mowed kind of short, and the rest of it was sort of wildness. And, uh, and we, were, we had a fire pit, and we were back in the fire, at the fire pit, uh, uh, all my girls, and, and we had a fire going. And, and all of a sudden, my oldest daughter, Amaris, noticed that there was a little, little bitty baby fawn, like, in the neighbor's yard, but 25 feet from where we were. Now, we were eager to go help because, you know, little baby things are just so cute. And uh, it was just so cute. And my girls, you know what girls, they, they go, oh, it's so cute. And so we wanted to go hang out with the little fawn. And we, we had visions of feeding it with a little bottle and stuff, you know. Mallory, uh, my number two daughter, she said, wait a minute. Uh, let's find out what we're supposed to do. So she ran in the house to get her phone. And she comes kind of uh, <laughs> storming out the door, yelling, if you care, leave it there. Evidently, the rule of thumb is that uh, if there's a fawn by itself, it's likely that the, the mother is off getting some food and will be back shortly. And it's also the kind of the rule of thumb, if you're messing with her uh, little fawn when she comes back, it might not be good for you. And so I, I love that the, the, the Google is there to help us. What did we do before Google? Well, you had encyclopedias and stupid stuff like that, and now you have it right at your fingertips. And so knowledge is there, but today we're talking about how to become wise. And they're not quite the same thing. Now, part of what I like about my phone is, is that um, it has GPS on it. And there's that little voice in GPS that tells you what to do. Uh, if you're a, a man, it feels a lot like your wife. And uh, uh, she's telling you when to turn and that sort of thing. And Now, knowledge is saying Woodruff Road is the shortest route. Wisdom is you would rather stick a pencil in your eye than be on Woodruff Road. So there's a real difference between knowledge and wisdom. And we're going to kind of unpack that today. Uh, A few years ago, there's a a young man who's ready to go off to college. His name was Adam Brown. And his dad decided to write this book of, of, hey, this is what life is about. His name was H. Jackson Brown. And he wrote a book, you may have heard of it, Life's Little Instruction Book. He wrote this as sort of a a guide to his son going to college. And about 3,000 years ago, there was a guy named Solomon, and he had sons, and he wanted to give them wisdom, and he wrote a book called Proverbs. Maybe you've heard of that. And Proverbs is full of wisdom about how to live life. I'm going to read a couple of verses for you, and then we're going to kind of dive into this because we want to understand this whole concept of wisdom. He writes, My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying it to your heart, understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright, and he is a shield for those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. And he goes on and on. And the book of Proverbs, 31 chapters of good stuff like this, is full of little nuggets of of truth and insight, 
and wisdom. And basically Solomon is saying, you have a choice, son. You, you can choose whether you're going to listen to wisdom or not. And you can choose whether you're going to have a reverence for God or not. You get to choose. It's your choice. But that's a great choice. And if you make that choice, it's going to pay off in the long run. And in this section, he ends with these words. Then you'll understand what's right and just and fair. And I think most of us want to do what's right and just and fair in our lives. I mean, it's kind of like if you're going to do anything with your life, do the right thing, do the just thing, do the fair thing. Every good path, you're going to know these things. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. I, I mean, I, I, I really enjoy that, that line, that, that language. Solomon, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes that this knowledge and wisdom, when it enters your heart, is pleasing to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. And, and I, I just... The, the nourishment of the soul. We've been talking about this series, and this is the last sermon in this series, uh, about how do we nourish our soul. We've got this one and only soul that kind of is our, our operating system for our life. And, and how do we operate well? It's kind of what we're talking about. How do we operate rightly and justly and fairly in everything that we do? Now, the big idea of Proverbs, and really of all Scripture, is that the wisest thing your soul can do is to respect and listen to God. Now, um, in the dictionary, the, the definition of wisdom is the ability to discern what is true and what is right. So if you have your outlines, here are a couple of blanks we're going to fill in. The word wisdom has both moral and intellectual applications. The, the ability to discern what's true, that's intellectual, and what is right, that's moral. So, so wisdom is sort of a combination of the two. The Hebrew word is the word chakma. Now, this is a really long quote, but it is, it is chock full of really good stuff. So I thought, let me include it. We'll kind of look at it just for a second. Chakma. Chakma. It's such a great Hebrew word, isn't it? Because it's great, especially if you've got phlegm. Uh, chakma. It's great. All right, anyway. Chakma denotes wisdom from a strong eth- uh, with a strong eth- ethical quality. Rooted in reverence and respect for the Lord and applies the truths of divine revelation from Scripture the, the, uh, to the various relations and circumstances of life. Uh, a, a shortened definition would be um, chakma means that you do what God tells you to do. It's wisdom from God's word that you apply to your life in, in every circumstance. Um, it, every, every time this makes sense. So, Proverbs 9.10, wisdom begins with respect for the Lord, and understanding begins with knowing the Holy One. People are starved for wisdom. I read this really interesting article this week about a lady named Nina Keneally. She's 63 years old. She lives in New York City, and she started a website. (laughs) She started a company called NeedAMomNewYorkCity.com. Need a mom. She, She rents herself out. $40 an hour to offer advice to young millennials about their path forward. This is what she says. I began to notice that a lot of young people in the neighborhood wanted to talk to me about what was going on in their lives. And so she made a business out of it, $40 an hour. Uh, By the way, I'm starting a new website. Um, Need a a pastor 
Greer.com. So uh, I'm going to start that. But anyway, the ad, she has this ad and it says, um, uh, for $40 you can have your very own mother figure help you make a tough decision, provide emotional support, no judgment included. Now, it, it has got to be, the it's a sort of a funny and, and sad article. I mean, how do you know you can trust Nina Keneally? I mean, just because she's a mother doesn't mean she's right. And so the, the implication here is, well, I'm a mom, therefore I know what I'm doing. Well, some moms make really, really bad choices and make really, really bad mistakes. And that last line, no judgment included. Well, okay, but what if the decision you're about to make is really stupid? And somebody needs to say, you know what, that's really stupid. I mean, my mom... Bless her heart, you know, we, us Southerners say that, bless, bless their heart. I mean in a good way. Uh, not in that you're an idiot way, but uh, in a good way. My, mom would sometimes say, well, why are you doing that? Are you sure you want to do that? It's very judgmental, really. Are you, and she would say, are you sure you want to do that? Because we're Christians. You know, stuff like that. Well, it, it's okay to push back. Sometimes I have to think why I'm doing it to help me know why I'm doing it. And if I can't make a good argument for the why, then I just should, maybe shouldn't do it. Pushing back isn't the worst thing. We sort of live in a culture now where I want my decisions affirmed. I never want them challenged. What if they need to be challenged? You know, No judgment required or no judgment offered. I need judgment. I, I want critical thinking in my life. I'd like somebody to tell me the truth whether I like it or not. When I go to my doctor, I need him to tell me the truth, whether I like it or not. I mean, if I've got cancer, I don't want him to say, you know what, dude, you're doing good. Looking good, bruh. You know, I don't need that. I need him to say, you're a mess, and we've got to do something about it. I need people in my life to tell me the truth. And God's wisdom is this truth, and it's there for us. And what's really cool about God's wisdom is it's everywhere. You start to notice it um, when you start to look for it. It's sort of everywhere. And I read an article about Disney World, and evidently at Disney World they hide these little images of, of Mickey Mouse in the decor. Did you know this? I'm the only person here that didn't know that. Anyway, uh, they, they hide these images of, of Mickey Mouse in the decor. It's like he's everywhere. Uh, let me show you. I'll give you some examples. See him there in the rock wall? Does this have a laser? I don't want to put my eye out. Oh, look. Ooh. For those of you on this side, right there. Okay, awesome. You see Mickey in the carpet? Right there. Oh, it's like a game for you people. Yes, uh, right there. I see it, I see it. All right, this one's harder. All right there. I got one more, I think. See it? Right there. He's everywhere. And God's wisdom is everywhere. It's kind of cool that God's wisdom is everywhere. And you see it like in nature. Uh, I got some pictures. Beavers. They build the entrance to their home at the right depth under the water. They don't want it too deep, so they, they build it. But they understand 
how thick the ice is going to be before the ice ever starts forming. Now, this is amazing to me. They never get this wrong. So if you want to know how bad the winter is going to be, you just look at where the beaver puts the entrance into uh, his or her home because they're always right. Squirrels, incredible. They, they're able to <laughs> disguise their scent from snakes. They'll find like snake skins that, that snakes have shed. They chew on it, rub it on themselves, and then snakes can't find them because they think they're other snakes. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, elephants are the only animals that uh, have this ability to mourn. They're the only ones we know of. They kind of mourn the dead. And so if a, an elephant dies, the, the other elephants in the herd uh, put place their trunk on the dead elephant. They sort of mourn. They won't leave the elephant until, unless they have to go forage for food and they come back. Really a cool deal. This is a dung beetle. Um, what a life. Anyway, uh, if you believed in reincarnation, this is like the worst thing to come back as. You know, that's really bad. The, the dung beetle is guided by the moon. And they've done research on this, that this little sucker can travel incredible distances in a straight line simply by navigating with the moon. Now, in those phases where the moon is really, really dark, he adjusts and he navigates with the Milky Way. I mean, it is remarkable. And then chimpanzees have this, they've done this research on chimpanzees, and when they do these sort of um, memory tests, they outperform humans, outperform humans almost every time, which in my case isn't that big a deal. Uh, memory test, I could fail that every, every day of the week. But there's this, God's wisdom is, shows itself in lots of places. Now, we live in a world where we live by proverbs. You know, we, we live by them. We, we kind of have them. Uh, we had these great people who, who come up with lines and was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to live by that particular line. The problem is sometimes they contradict one another. L- look at a couple of these. Good things come to those who wait. Well, that's great, except he who hesitates is lost. Well, which is it, you know? Um, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, uh, but opposites attract. Well, which is it? Um, silence is golden. Well, that really is the best one. Uh, but the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, which is it? And over and over, I have a couple more. Uh, clothes make the man, but we don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, two's company, three's a crowd, but more is merrier. So which is it? Absence makes the heart grow fonder, but out of sight, out of mind. And so... Which is it? And what are we supposed to believe? And so today, let's center ourselves around the wisdom that comes from the Bible because it helps us. And here's what's... We live in a culture where more and more people don't just say, well, the Bible says it, so therefore it settles it for me. But because the Bible has been proven to be true, it's also proven to be trustworthy. And in Scripture, it says things like, this is one of my favorites. Like one who seizes a dog by the ears is a passerby who meddles in a quarrel not his own. That, now, that's, that is wisdom from experience, right? Evidently, somebody, someplace, sometime, grabbed a dog by the ears and it didn't end well. And when you kind of insert yourself in a quarrel that's not yours, oftentimes, that doesn't end well. So wisdom is the ability to make consistently good choices. What to do. What not to do, 
what to say, maybe more importantly, what not to say, um, when to react, when not to react, when to take action, when not to take action. Wisdom uh, helps us. The other day, uh, Elise and I were uh, playing some tennis at the park, and, and um, it, there happens to be um, a Frisbee golf course right around it, and, and so uh, these guys were playing disc golf right next to us, and we were, we were, just, we were just on the tennis court playing tennis. And this guy misses a shot, and he starts to cuss. And my 10-year-old daughter's right there, and he's saying words that I would prefer her not to hear. Now, uh, pride, you could feel it as a dad. It's like, I am going, I'm going to have to go talk to these people. Wisdom looked at the situation, and they were, they were three young guys who were drunk. Um, I'm a bad boy, but I can't take three on one. I mean, you know... Uh, actually, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Uh, so. so pride said, you should say something. Wisdom said, let's go to the other courts. We just moved. We migrated a little bit. You know, we had to get away from that. So sometimes you react, sometimes you know. There, there is wisdom to be gained, right? And, and God gives us this ability to have wisdom. Now, now, where do we get it? I mean, that's the big question. Where does one get wisdom? Um, Proverbs is just... If you've not read through the book of Proverbs, I'll just challenge you. You should read through the book of Proverbs. It's 31 chapters. You could read a chapter a day for the month of November. How many How many? 30 days past September, April, June, and November. Okay, one day you're going to have to read two chapters. Uh, or read a, ver- uh, read a chapter and a verse. But you could read, or you could go back, and we could go back in time and start in October, and uh, then do it great. But, or start, start tomorrow, that's October 31st, and then it'll, it works out great. See, it's, I'm doing this on the fly, by the way. Okay, I, I challenge you. Proverbs is just full of good stuff, and, and Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And how many times has our instinct been wrong? Sometimes we, we have an instinct towards something but it ends up being wrong. And I got to thinking about, what's the best example of this I could give you? And there was a show on television a while back called Seinfeld. And there's this one particular episode where a guy, one of the characters named George Costanza, he sort of talks about how his instincts aren't right. So I thought I would I'd show that to you today. Speaking of having it all... Where were you? I went to the beach. Oh, the beach. It's not working, Jerry. It's just not working. What is it that isn't working? Why did it all turn out like this for me? I had so much promise. I was personable. I was bright. Oh, maybe not academically speaking, but I was perceptive. I always know when someone's uncomfortable at a party. Can happen over there? It all became very clear to me sitting out there today that every decision I've ever made in my entire life has been wrong. My life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's all been wrong. <laughs> Tuna, toast, coleslaw, cup of coffee. Yeah. No, 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 wait a minute. I always have tuna on toast. 
Nothing's ever worked out for me with tuna on toast. I want the complete opposite of tuna on toast. Chicken salad on rye, untoasted, with a side of potato salad and a cup of tea. <laughs> well, there's no telling what can happen from this. You know, chicken salad's not the opposite of tuna. Salmon's the opposite of tuna, because salmon swim against the current and the tuna swim with it. Good for the tuna. Uh, George, you know, that woman just looked at you. So what? What am I supposed to do? Go talk to her. Elaine, bald men with no jobs and no money who live with their parents <laughs> don't approach strange women. Well, here's your chance to try the opposite. Instead of tuna salad and being intimidated by women, chicken salad and going right up to them. Yeah, I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. <laughs> yes. I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do something. Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered these same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. So our natural instincts are sometimes wrong. The, the issue is where do we get the right instincts and where do we get wisdom? I love Chinese food. I love it. I love everything because there's no cheese. Uh, that's why I like it so much. And I, we'll go to the Chinese restaurant. What do you get at the end of every meal, right? Fortune cookies. That's exactly right. I love those too. My favorite one of all time, I got one that said, you'll be hungry in, again in an hour. I, I, that was awesome. Great wisdom. Okay, so the point of, of Proverbs is this. Let, let's look at a couple of verses. We, we read them a minute ago. He writes, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my comments. Tune your ears to wisdom. I want you to notice something here. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek for them as you would for hidden treasure. There's a point he's making here, and that is wisdom doesn't just come naturally. You're going to hear, people are going to be in your ear that will tell you stuff that's just not right. And you're going to hear it on television, and you're going to hear it from friends, and you're going to hear it at school. And there are lots of people with lots of messages. And what, what uh, Solomon is saying to his son is, uh, wisdom is work. It takes work. You've got to search for it. The, the words he used there, uh, tune your ears, concentrate, cry out, ask, search, wisdom is work. And that's what he wants you to know. And it begins with a reverence for God. It begins with reverence for God. Then you'll understand what it means to fear the Lord. And you'll gain knowledge. And the word fear, we, we kind of get hung up on that sometimes. But there's, it's a starting point. We have to understand 
that God isn't just the man upstairs or somebody to treat with some uh, irreverence, the big guy in the sky. I mean, I hear that kind of stuff. L- let me tell you, when, when the girls and I, when Miriam and I and the girls first moved to, uh, to Michigan, Lake Michigan, we, one day, you can't swim in Lake Michigan very much, maybe July, August, if you're lucky, because the water is so cold. But this was a, a hot day. The water wasn't cr- incredibly cold. But it was stormy and, and huge waves like this. And we decided we were going to get in there. The beautiful thing about Lake Michigan, as opposed to uh, the, the ocean, no sharks, right? That Jaws thing really ruined me uh, a long time ago. So you get in Lake Michigan, it's awesome. It was a day like this, and there was a little red flag waving, and we thought, how happy. Uh, it's a red flag. I, I did note nobody was el- else was in the water. It seemed odd because it was a great day to be out in the water. The girls and I were out in the water, and I mean, we were over our heads, and these waves would come in, and then they would go down, and you could hit the, kind of hit the sand, and then you'd go up, and it, it was so great. We had the very best time, and, and it was an awesome day. And, and, and then we lived there a while. We lived near Lake Michigan. We were, you know, our house was three miles away, two miles away, really close. And then we would hear stories about people, stupid people, who would get out in the water on days like this, and the rip currents would take them out into the middle of the lake, and people perish every year. People die because they're so stupid, they don't know that when the red flag is up, they shouldn't get in the water. And we didn't know any better. I mean, they don't give you a pamphlet when you move to Michigan that says, hey, when the red flag is up, don't get in the water. That would be helpful, by the way. For people like me, I've never lived, every lake I've ever lived by, you fished in. I, I didn't know Lake Michigan was massive. Of course you can't see the other end of it. Who knows? You know, I didn't know anything about it. Well, it is dangerous. Now, it's awesome and beautiful and magnificent. But we didn't appreciate the danger. And once we started appreciating the danger, we began to have a reverence for the lake because it is dangerous. Now, what's kind of interesting about this is this this episode in my life didn't create sort of a, this fear like I don't want to be around the lake. In, in fact, there's this sort of odd magnetism to <laughs> nearly losing your life. And, and I, I loved Lake Michigan. We would go often. When the storms would come in, we wouldn't get in the lake. But it was something to watch it. I mean, it, the power of the lake was magnificent. There was a, there was a magnetism to it. In fact, one time, one of our, in fact, our last winter there, there was a blizzard, and blizzards come from the west, and that's like over Lake Michigan, and we decided we would go look at the blizzard over the lake. Does that seem like a good idea to anybody else? Because that was really stupid, by the way. We could not see where we're going. There's... There's a rail. We were walking along the rail. We had to hold the rail because you can't see. It's a whiteout. Guess what we saw when we got to the lake? Nothing. That's right. Uh, it was the biggest fail of all time. But the, that's not really the point. The point is, uh, my, my reverence for the lake didn't drive me away from it. It kind of drew, drew me to it. And, and a genuine reverence for God doesn't drive you away from it. It, it drives us to him. The, the phrase fear of the Lord literally means to live before the face 
of God. That is such a cool phrase, to live before the face of God. That means the decisions I make will be, I'll have to give an accounting for them someday. Someday, God is going to ask me, why did you do these things? Uh, What were you thinking? I I live before the face of God. That means I I am accountable to God. My life is accountable. The Bible tells me that every every idle word I speak, I have to give an account of. I'm accountable to God. I live before the face of God. And, and, And this is, should I skip one? Yeah, how you can tell that you reverence God is when his opinion about what you're doing matters more than anybody else's, even your own. I care what God thinks. So how do we sort of tap into the wisdom of God? What you're going to find in the book of Proverbs, three things real fast. One is you've got to believe in consequences. There's a reason you don't take the hair dryer into the shower with you when it's plugged up. Why is that? Because it's dangerous and stupid and you don't want to do that. There are consequences to bad decisions. The Bible talks about it all the time. Now, here's what we... The Bible also says that uh, the human heart is deceptive above all things. We can talk ourselves into really bad decisions. We can, we can do it. We do it all the time. We start to think, well, consequences are for everybody else, but not for me. You know, sure, I've heard about that, but it won't apply to me. And so we'll, we'll say things like, you know, I can ignore my spouse, but that really won't affect our marriage. Or, I can eat pizza and ice cream every day, but it won't affect my weight. I'm sure it affects everybody else, but not me. Uh, I, I can neglect reading scripture, but I'll still be wise in my life. It just doesn't work like that. And, and so, it, it's incredibly important to understand that there are consequences. Proverbs. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? The answer is obviously no. Pro- Proverbs... Uh, it, it, there's a recurring message, and it's that beha- behavior produces corresponding results. Now, sometimes there are good results. He who gathers money little by little makes it grow. That's good. Um, hard work brings a profit. Mere talk leads to poverty. Don't just sit there. Do something. I mean, the, the, the Bible is great to give us the full gamut of wisdom from consequences. So, number one, believe in consequences. Number two, learn by example. He who walks with the wise grows wise. I had an opportunity to work with my dad for about five years when I was in my early 20s. I learned more from my father. Look, I have, I have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and a doctorate. I have a lot of education. I didn't learn, the, the place I learned more about life than any place else was when I worked with my dad for about five years. He was this wealth of wisdom. I watched him deal with people. I watched him deal with difficult people. I watched him deal with um, uh, people that were easy to get along with. Uh, the University of Lawrence Vest was the greatest university I ever attended because I learned more about life from my dad than any place else. He who walks with the wise is wise. I also once worked with a pastor, a great guy, but he made some really bad decisions. Look, you don't have to make every bad decision yourself, right? You don't have to learn. Learning from bad decisions is great, but you don't have to make them all. And if you see somebody else in your field making bad choices, Learn from that. I, I kind of learned from some of the bad stuff he did. And I, I try not to do those things. Look, there's, there's wisdom in learning from others. Learn by example, both good and bad. Three, this is the most important one. Immerse yourself in God's word. I love Psalm 118 that says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to guide my path. We, I, I really, let me issue the challenge one more time. The book of Proverbs 
start tomorrow, you can start today, read a chapter a day, read a half a chapter a day, read five minutes a day. I don't care where you start, but get into the book of Proverbs because it is such a wealth of wisdom. I mean, Solomon in Scripture, it talks about him as the wisest man who ever lived. I mean, I don't know about you, but when the Bible tells me that this guy was really sharp, it probably makes some sense to listen to him. And so we, we immerse ourselves in that wisdom. One last thing. This is, what, this is kind of where we started. Then you'll understand what's right and just and fair. And you'll understand every good path. Every good path. So we, we start with a reverence for God. That's kind of our starting point. And then we believe in consequences. And then we learn by example. And we, we immerse ourselves in God's word. These are so important. All that's important. Now, we're going to take up an offering. Kind of shifting gears here because I'm done. We're going to take up an offering. I'm going to pray for that offering. My ushers are going to ush, and we're going to do that. And then we have a kind of a special couple of things at the end. So I'm going to tell you about that in just a second. But uh, let me pray for our offering. If you're a guest, please don't feel like this is for you. Um, We're glad that you're here. Your gift to us is being here. And thank you for that. If you're... uh, part of freedom and, and you believe in what we're doing, this is, we, we give because it's an act of worship. We're going to take that right now. Lord, thank you for our time together today, for your word, and thank you for your wisdom. And we pray that we could employ it in our lives. Now about this offering, we thank you for what you give us, and we pray that we might um, uh, give back to you with cheerful and grateful hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.